Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of We're Watching Star Trek, the original series. I am Brandon, and Paul's here. I'm here, and I'm going to say my words right, so we don't start over all over again. So, uh, <laughs> it's me. I'm here. <laughs> uh, let's get it going. And, Dan, you're here, too, I think? I just arrived. Fantastic. Uh, but you know, Okay, before we want to get started, I was going to do this... Uh, I was actually going to talk to you about this over the course of the last week, Paul, and I decided to save it for the podcast specifically. But when I was going back and editing the last episode for Court Martial, uh, and I was doing the uh, the short video for Twitter, I used the section where they were using the microphone, and we were talking about that. Yeah, and, yeah. And you are, I was 100% cor- uh, wrong. You are 100% correct that they did have a twisting part to the end of that microphone, and they did have a button on it. And I, I, was, okay, I was like, no, it's a regular microphone. You're like, no, I think they did something. And I was just like, no, I don't believe they did. But no, you were right. I was 100% wrong on that. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for admitting that. We can move on, but I'll take you say, yes, I know I'm right, and move on. Yeah, I was going to say something about it at work, and then I'm <laughs> like, no, I was, I was wrong on the podcast. I can admit it on the podcast, so. Oh, oh, I see. So you, oh, you gave me credit on the podcast. Okay, now I get it now. Yeah. now that will appreciate it now. Yeah. So uh, the other thing was that I said that uh, this episode, The Return of the Archon, sounded fucking boring, and I was I think I was wrong about that one, too. I uh, Not to go too far, but uh, it was not. Yeah. it wasn't what I thought it was. Based on yeah. the description. But that is the episode that we're covering today is season one, episode 21, The Return of the Archons. The original air date was February 8th, 1967. And we get a weird opening for this one. It's not a shot of the Enterprise orbiting a planet. We get that uh, shortly after this, I believe. Uh, but it does open up with Sulu and a guy named O'Neill. They are, are running through what looks to be a, a more modern street dressed in old western clothing which immediately uh caught my attention i think what caught my attention is um who, why can't nobody run in the show why can't nobody run without tripping ever like ever we're, in, we're, we're, in films. yeah we're like finally trained athletes as the star the star trek uh elite uh people and we just can't seem to be able to run i just yeah and that was I a nice sidewalk too there weren't bumps or anything there he just like tripped over yeah, his, own no, it's, 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 own feet, yeah. it's the old timey shoes they're not used to them <laughs> yeah uh, they're not used to them old old time yep that can, yeah, i mean honestly shoes. that could be it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I would accept I that then that's the most ridiculous answer but i'll accept it now since you said that <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh, o'neill does fall and sulu helps him up and sulu's like hey we have to find he just says some clue that they have to find some clue and they see that they're being approached by a, a hooded guy in a brown robe carrying a, a stick. He's just kind of slowly, menacingly walking towards them. I was like, what is Gandalf doing in here? Yeah, well, okay, yeah, not Gandalf. Well, did, did, yeah, he did wear brown. I don't know what the fuck I'm going with here. He, no, did he wear gray or did he wear no, brown? He might have wore white. I don't remember. But I, I, my brain went to Gandalf when I saw him. Yeah, or maybe it was Radagast that was brown. Yeah, some some sort of fucking wizard with a, with a stick. Uh. O'Neill points out that there are a couple of them that are approaching and Sulu grabs his communicator and he tells, he calls Kirk and says, Hey, we need to get out of here. And O'Neill says that he wants to run. And Sulu says that he, that they should probably stay put and wait for transport because they're, they're going back to that thing where apparently they can't be moving while they're transporting a few episodes after they, you know, again, transport a guy out of a moving. It, it's jet. complicated how it works. Yeah. So O'Neill does run and Sulu is just kind of chilling, waiting to be beamed up, and the, the the cloaked robed guy approaches him and points the stick at him 
and Sulu gets all tensed up like like something's happening to him. And then we go to the Enterprise, where Sulu has been beamed up, and Kirk asks him where O'Neill is, and Sulu seems like he's really, really confused, and he doesn't know who O'Neill is, and he just tells Kirk that Kirk is not of the body, so obviously something really weird happened to him. And they do what they should do, and they page McCoy to the transporter room. Like, why not get medical on this right away? Because Sulu is obviously not right. And Sulu's just, like, throwing his clothes at, at an engineer, and he starts rambling something about somebody called Landru. And then McCoy gets there, and Sulu is just going on and on about how they have found paradise, and then we get the show opening. So a really good opening, uh, just something very, very different that I, I really enjoyed. I like the good opening, but I also thought George Takai's uh, is, uh, acting that he acted like it was really good. Like, yeah, he dude, he's been like solid he the whole series. Yeah, but I, I was hoping when the first time we get into the first scene, I was hoping it would be a, a solo episode. Yes, me too. Yet. For nope. a minute, I thought it might be a solo episode with him like figuring things out. I was like, oh, man, it's everybody else too. Like, man. But anyway, I just... No, spoiler alert, you don't see him again. Yeah, until yeah, like I the just, very end. Yeah, just one of those things where I thought it might be a solo episode. Yeah, I was really hoping for that too, and, and we just never got it. But also, since when do they beam down to a planet with less than like six people? Like why? Why do they just send yeah. two? Yeah, I, I assume it's just for the opening, just to make the opening more epic. I'm assuming, but they could have they could have did it with the whole crew had them running away and then cut to the, the mini credits. Right. You know, kind of like you know, kind of like an episode where we start like on the planet, everything's going wrong already, and we arrive in the middle of it. They could have did that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It, so. Actually, I I might have missed it in the episode, but uh, why were they even at this planet? I I didn't catch it if they said they never. Uh, okay. They never explained. They did actually. Uh, so yeah. coming back from the show opening right here, we get a captain's log from Kirk, and he says that they are orbiting the planet Beta Three, looking for the starship Archon that disappeared there about a hundred years ago. So they are specifically oh, there. That's right. Yeah, they're okay. specifically there to look for the Archon, which is the name of a starship that just disappeared there. Mm. So he notes that they sent down a search party of two and that only Sulu returned and that he was in a highly agitated mental state. But he didn't seem too agitated. He seemed pretty, pretty fucking chill to me. Pretty happy. Yeah. And this is where I realized that one of the things that I really like about this show is that we know that they're on this five year mission to seek out new life, you know, and explore the galaxy and blah, blah, blah. But really all they're doing is just flying around solving fucking urban myths and mysteries. They're just investigating urban myths and just. Dude, and that's mysteries what I'm telling you, my, my, my Star Trek de- detective show would be so awesome. <laughs> yeah, you have, I'm telling you, you have two. You have the, the Academy and the detective one. Yeah, I'm telling you, like, because that's literally what they do, and it's not really what they do, but it's kind of what they do. They go to different planets, there's an issue, they investigate and solve it normally. Wait. Like, like that. How like the fuck are they, you going to say it's your show? Yeah, and how are you going to say it's your Star Trek detective okay. show? I okay, made up the all, Star Trek detective no, 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 show. No, 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 no. I made it up. <laughs> no, if we have it recorded. We got to, we got to, no, no. If, if this was that kind idea. if this was that kind of podcast, I'd fucking insert that clip right here. No, exactly. Even, we we are going to go back. Now we got to find out what episode. Let us know on Twitter who came up with the idea. I get credit for my Star Trek detective show about the guy. No, the Academy show is yours. The detective show was mine. That's bullshit. That is bullshit. No, it's not. (laughs) I'm I'm going to find the episode. I'm going to fucking find it. I'm going to send it to you. (laughs) 
And then when and then when I get it, I would like a formal apology on a, a on a <laughs> podcast again. Okay. Saying, if I'm wrong, saying, I will apologize. Yeah, how I'm telling great I'm not wrong. Paul is and how great his creative ideas go. Okay. No, I remember this discussion. And if and if you have heard the episode we brought this up, uh, you know, kind of give us a help help because I have no idea when I brought it up. I know that's going to be the issue is finding it. I don't I don't remember if it was. I think we made the Scooby Doo joke uh, at the Squire of Gothos, but I think we had talked about the whole mystery thing before that. Now, dude, I don't want to yeah. go through all that audio, but I'll skip through. I'll yeah. find that shit. I'll no. do it. The previous stuff wrong? Because yeah. then I just realized, yeah, exactly. Hey, our our, our do, fans will find it for us. Yeah, exactly. But this, this will clarify uh, my fellow mates that uh, every time Paul says something, Paul seems to be right. So he he made an episode already <laughs> earlier that I was right with the whole microphone thing. Then when it comes to the Tatum thing, I'm going to know I'm right again. You know what? So, you know, you're you're going to make me do something here. I'm literally writing a note. I've never written a note while we've done this. I'm doing it right now. I'm going to find a uh, detective reference. <laughs> I, know gonna... that we, I know that when I mentioned it, I thought I mentioned uh, something about a name or a name of detective for, on Twitter. So if anybody posts any response on Twitter, we might be able to know what episode it is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm finding it. Right. So let's get back to the episode here, where yes. uh, Kirk and McCoy and Spock, and they brought. They did bring three other crew members with them this time. They get beamed down to the planet to investigate everything for themselves. And that's looking at Spock's outfit. I'm like, this shit's fucking killing me. He's some. He's some. Some kind of like auto, almost medieval executioner in this weird hood and cloak thing. And I get it. <laughs> he has to hide the ears, but it's still. It's uh. It's real crazy. I don't know if that's like old west clothing, but. I don't understand why they don't have like um, disguise things, like to make him look regular while he's out there yeah. doing things. Like this, the technology is so advanced right here. They should be like a little button or shit, uh, a screen or anything they could put on his face to change his looks. They could just like, put like fake caps on his ears to round him out, and make it look like he just has real big ears. Real, real big, like that's what I'm saying. Like I just think technology wise, I feel like they they didn't think very smart show wise. They should be technology enough to make him look different. Yeah, they just gave him a hood. Anything. I believe I believe Spock would be a man of pride and be like, "No, I'm not doing that." Yeah, he's just he yeah, just but, wants to wear a hood. Yeah, but 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 if we said logically though, so logically that's the, is that the best way for us to get it done? He would do it though. That's true. Like, logic, yeah. If, it, if, it, yeah, if logically if it was more safe for him to put the put the thing on rather than do that, he would do with logical decision. So it's, it's more logical that if you look like a human, they won't recognize you. You're Vulcan. So yeah. he would always choose that. He's like, now nah, just put this dirty robe on. Yeah, I just don't get it. Right. And then I also notice here that when they they do beam down, uh, Kirk calls the Enterprise and lets them know. He's like, hey, we made it. And since when the fuck does he do that? <laughs> I mean, I, I think I it's assumed that they're okay, that right? Yeah, he just calls I, I and he says that they were they had materialized or like they were done beaming or some some shit like that. He just basically calls them like, yeah, we, we made it safely. We're, we're okay. Oh, see, I didn't like, know that. Right. Yeah, so uh, they immediately encounter a guy that just kind of walks by and nods at him, and Spock notes that the the guy had a, a very vacant, content expression, and they see a bunch of other people just oddly walking around with the same expression on their face, and it's this super friendly guy approaches him, and, and he starts by saying, joy to you, and asks if they came for the festival, and they, they did not come for the festival, but he says that 
they can go to uh, Redger's place where they can find a place to stay. And he tells them to hurry because it's almost the red hour, which sounds fucking terrible. And so then a, <laughs> a woman named Tula shows up and she says, yeah, my father can can put you up there. And her father, it's his, her, her dad's Redger. Uh, but then the, the clock suddenly strikes six and everybody just goes absolutely fucking ape shit. <laughs> it's weird because like they're they're yelling they're like they're screaming like they're in pain but they're they're also kind of fighting but they're also kind of making out and yeah it was like it, it was, was like kind of a weird version of the of purge yeah dude i wrote that purge on my thing i said I six, the, purge the purge begins um so the purge is kind of the same concept where there's a certain there's a certain day and all crime is legal for that amount of time right yeah so i know the that. concept i've never seen it yeah, though so it's like yeah, so I read on Purge too. Also, I, you should watch this good. Yeah, there's, there's. I actually wonder if they drew inspiration from this episode so for the Purge. That's my issue with a lot of things watching these shows. I keep thinking like, oh, I've seen that before, but I thought, oh, wait a minute, I want this original time that happened, and people are inspired by all these episodes of Star Star Trek to come up with different ideas. Yeah, yeah, we're, we do see. That old we do saying? notice a nothing lot of new under the sun. Right. Yeah, exactly. And and I know that I've noticed quite a bit of uh, references to like just watching this has made me realize that a lot of other shows have directly referenced this one or yeah. played, like small homages to, to this. So I didn't realize exactly how influential the original Star Trek was until we started going through this. It, it's actually pretty crazy. Yeah. It actually makes me appreciate the show more knowing that the shows that we grew up watching pay homage to it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 In a way. Yeah, I definitely thought it caught me off guard though in the clock because I thought maybe they would like start going to some special building and go for some kind of meeting or something like an alarm or sound or something, and they would just go to somewhere. But when yeah, when they going, said a festival, it, I didn't expect yeah. that, like this. Yeah, like oh, <laughs> I didn't know oh fucking like, oh, festival. You mean like Woodstock? Is everybody just popping ass into some all of a sudden, like at the right time? Yeah, like I haven't, I haven't been to a lot of festivals. Like I try to go to this German American one that's close by every year, and it's it's nothing like this. Like it's just a lot of potato yeah. salad and shit. Like the, the ladies all nice and proper, whatever. Everything's going on. It's like time to get wild. Six o'clock, girls. Yeah. Like, anybody been well, Speaking of the ladies, did you notice the one lady just threw herself at Kurt. Oh, dude. Yeah, that's where we are now. So, like, she runs up and just starts making out with him, and he immediately grabs her waist, and he, it, he I think he's supposed to be trying to push her off of him, but he, that's, it, it explains what they were really doing there. I guarantee you, Kurt <laughs> got some message from some other captain. He's like, dude, you gotta check out this planet. Like, go there at six <laughs> o'clock on this day. Shit gets crazy, and so that's why they really went. Kirk's like, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> A party? <laughs> like, oh. Yeah. He's like, dude, they just run up and start making out the with ladies, you. The ladies there are freaks. Oh, man. Yeah. So uh, they they actually end up running away, and they find a safe place to go inside uh, while the people outside continue breaking shit and making out. And they run into these three older dudes in there that turn out to be Tula's father, uh, father Redger, and he's not super happy about Tula being at the festival. And I, they never explain what this festival is, but I get the feeling that it's this weird way for them to get out and i don't want to get you know i don't want to get ahead but i feel like it's there to just make the let's just let them be crazy for a little bit and then also because maybe they, just have sex and, and keep uh the the population up maybe oh i didn't think about it that way it was one of my issues with the episode they never explain yeah what what you know what that was what was going on Right, really, and that yeah, aspect. because they could have been like, well, since they could have been like, well, when we control uh, emotions so much, they build up, and it has to be some kind of release. So right. they 
blah blah blah, and the release. And that would make re- sense. That, that that would make sense logically by by AI st- like the standards or whatever, you know, like. Yeah, they get like, a couple oh, hours. And, emotions. Yeah, you just, release all the the stress. All can and then I can control them again for however however long, six months, three months, however long it is. The next festival comes, yada yada yada. I can see that happening. Yeah, they they get a With couple hours to just like break shit and have sex, and then it's joy to you from there on. Yeah. You think they say that when they're but, done? <laughs> joy to you. <laughs> joy, joy to me. There's just no... Exp- oh, joy to me. <laughs> I, the only thing, I feel like they wasted a really big opportunity to make it more, I don't know, something in there. Yeah. Make the festival, like the festival should have been a bigger deal than what it was. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, But there's another guy in this room, Haycom, and he questions why the crew of the Enterprise isn't at the festival. And he's saying that they're way too young to be excused from it. And the crew says that they're from the valley, and the there's a third older guy there, and the third older guy there, which we don't get his name until way way later, so I don't I don't have it in my notes until then. But he defends the crew for being not being at the festival. He's like, yeah, whatever, they don't want to go or some some shit like that. So Redger leads them upstairs while Hakem gets super pissed about the crew being there, and he just storms off like a fucking little child. And they they go up there or up the stairs, and Kirk asks. Uh, Redger about the festival. He wants to know more about the festival, wants to know about Landru, and Redger doesn't answer any questions. So Kirk is just watching out the window while people are just going crazy. He's like, this is a pretty good fucking show. Like, everybody out here is just, you know, they're breaking <laughs> shit. You know, they're getting getting crazy. And so he turns and he orders McCoy and Lindstrom to do some scans and see if they can figure out why everybody's going absolutely ape shit. And he and Spock are going to go in the corner and talk about a plan of action for the following day, which is, is weird because there's several other people there that probably have some input, but they're like, nah, you guys all fucking suck. Like, you just hang out, do nothing. We're going to go over here and do all the work. <laughs> Don't worry, Spock and I got got this. Yeah, exactly. Like, you have, and they didn't, they never really explained. I think one of the crew members, they explained what that guy does. And I think I have that in my notes later, too. But the rest of them are just kind of there. And if they are security force, and that explains why he doesn't want their input because they're fucking dumb. Because security would be like, well, let's let's wander around the hallways, notice absolutely nothing, and then we'll just go home. Well, well the, the one guy is O'Neill. The one guy is the O'Neill, so he does some kind of communication thing. We see well, O'Neill, remember, he didn't make it back oh, with look. Sulu, so we don't even run into him again until way later. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're the, right. yeah, uh, yeah. what's his name, Lindstrom? We find out yeah. what he does later, but like I said, that one's in my notes, and we'll we'll get to that one. But the next morning, the festival's still going on, and then the clock strikes six, and the people just go back to normal. And we also find out that Spock sleeps with his eyes open, which why the fuck am I not surprised about that? At first, I thought he just wasn't sleeping, and then Kirk started waking everybody up, and he wakes up Spock, and it turns out he just sleeps with his eyes open. Once the bell rang and everyone went back to being normal... My first thought was, who's going to clean up the fucking mess? Yeah, that I they thought just about made? that too. Yeah, they're just okay. fucking walking around. I wrote it down, dude. I wrote it down. Yeah, I wrote that down too. Who's, who's yeah. I thought I thought they were going to stop and just start cleaning. I thought I actually started, I thought that too. And just start cleaning, and I thought, oh wow, this is really crazy. Like they made them, and they start cleaning too. Yeah, and then they just start walking around the mess. Like I I wonder that as well. Yeah, and they're walking around like all like who did this and like. The way they're walking is kind of weird to me. Like, well, they're walking like, I get being like a tranquil and like being like a completely cool with yourself and happy, but like, um, they're just walking really slow, and I find that not that weird, like, like just odd. And then the woman's losing her mind, and they don't know why she's losing her mind for. Like, 
they're not explaining why she the, the chick she motion right after this. Yeah, so, and like these people that are walking around, where are they going and what are they doing all day? Are they just walking around the street yeah. doing nothing, just like joy to That's, you all fucking day? That was kind of my issue with the whole episode where there's randomly dumb things that not, aren't explained. I bet if the episode was made today, they would all have cell phones in their hands walking around just, I'm playing on my phone. <laughs> now see, now that is that is a perfect like analogy episode of life. Like you, you do the same thing, but you make, make a technology like a phone as people walk around and don't see what's going on in the world. And that's exactly what it is today. I don't want to get real deep right now while you saying that. But it just had had me think about this idea we're making this episode, we're making it technology instead of a uh, well, it is technology. It's the same idea. Damn, it is. Cause it's AI, so it's technology. Never mind. <laughs> just just but just modernize yeah. the idea, make you modern with cell phones instead of right. instead of that. So uh, outside of their hotel room, I guess they're in a hotel. Uh, they hear somebody crying, and they go outside and find that it's Tula, and that she's being comforted by her father, and. Uh, Apparently, she did not have a great time at the festival, or she really just regrets anything that happened there. Which actually was really weird, because wouldn't she still be under the influence of Landru, so she shouldn't be there crying? She should be all peaceful and tranquil and shit? That's weird, because everybody yeah, else... everybody else was chill. Got pe- uh, peaceful and tranquil, otherwise. Like oh, said, well, that's a good point. Why was show, she bro? freaking out? Exactly. It doesn't make any sense. Maybe she lost that peace and tranquility in the festival. Well, her clothes were ripped, so only... Who knows what happened to her last night? Right. Yeah, but why is she the only one though act like, like that though? She's the only one like that. Everybody else out there seemed yeah. to be chilling. They were all cool. Yeah. Maybe she just she went a little too hard, you know? Her her first festival <laughs> she, 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 things got a little out of hand. Yeah, she was a little extra. Yeah. She's I like, I should have jumped through that window. Yeah. But uh Kirk and his crew, they see this whole thing happening, and, and Kirk thinks that this is a great time to grill Redger about Landru again. He's like, I see your daughter's really upset, and you're really upset. Let's talk about Landru. And he dodges the question again, saying that the, the crew is not of the body. And so they ask Kirk if they are the Archons, and saying that if they are, then they need to be hidden from Landru. So this thing really progresses really quickly here. And Hakon enters the room, and he's got two lawgivers with him, which are the guys with the brown robes and the sticks. And the he rats out, basically just rats out Redger and the, the crew. And the lawgivers then shoot some smoke at the third guy, uh, Tamar is his name, and they kill him. They tell him to stand aside, and he's like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. Like, I'll, I'll comply. And then they're like, cool, and they kill him. They just fucking shoot smoke at him, and they kill him. So uh, the lawgivers... Uh, inform the crew that they are going to be absorbed for attacking the body. And then we go to a commercial break and we come back and Kirk is protesting being absorbed. He's just, they're like, Hey, you need to come with us. We're going to absorb you. And he, he says, no. <laughs> so they just they, He's like, I'm not going to be absorbed by cell or, or boo. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Or, or, that's you or boo. Cell. You're fucking, you're a cell Stan. You would go cell. Uh, I'm not going to disagree with you on, <laughs> on that argument. <laughs> but yeah, the lawgivers just turn and face each other because they don't know what to do. So apparently just saying no to your enemies works because they get real confused. It's just really funny that he's they're just like, come with us. And he goes, well, no. And they're the, like, well, fuck, nobody's ever said no. We don't know what to do with this. Well, yeah. Which, what, which, what do we do? Which is funny. Yeah. Which is funny. We never hear no. Yeah. What do we do? Like, oh my gosh. It was one of those yeah, they're just things. standing there in the room facing each other. Parents must be really happy on this planet. Like, hey, go clean your room. 
All right. right. And they just go do it. Yeah. They never heard no before. Yeah. So there's just, the lawgivers are just looking at each other and Spock asks Kirk how he knew the lawgivers weren't prepared to deal with this obedience. And Kirk just says that everything that he's seen so far points to compulsive involuntary action or meaning that you have no choice but to comply. So they wouldn't expect you not to comply. So that's why they don't know what to do. So the lawgivers come back again. They, they turn to face him and they say, hey, come to us with the absorption chambers. And Kirk just ignores them. And he's like, why did you kill Tamar? And they said that they did it out of order. So they, not that they did it, you know, in the wrong order, but because they have to do it, they were ordered to. And so Kirk just says that he wants to speak to Landru. And then he just, he calmly reaches out and takes one of the sticks from the lawgivers and hands it to Spock. And Spock's just like looking over the stick. He's like, it's just a hollow tube. So the lawgivers freeze up and they don't know what to do. Like, they're not listening. You took my (laughs) stick. And Redger says that they are now communing and communicating. And so he leads the Enterprise crew out of the room to go to a safe place. It was a really, really weird scene where Kirk is so funny that it seemed to just calmly take that stick. Like, there's no fight or anything. He just takes yeah, it. Yeah, and I was like, it's it's almost like, you know, you mess with a little kid, a little kid don't want to listen. You keep telling a kid something. You're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this, I'm going to do that. Like, you're not listening. I'm telling you to do right. this. I'm going to do what I want to do. Like. And I'm gonna take that to your hand too. Like I will beat you. Like why don't you listen? Why don't you listen to me? Like I, you, I know you hear the words. I'm, you hear the words I'm saying, right? I said, sit down. I don't want to sit down. Like I'm talking to you. You hear me, right? Like it's it's almost like an adult talking to a kid. Yeah, like, that's what it reminded me of for real. And then I no, nope, not at all. And then you, you have say. to take their stick, and then they don't know what to do with that. Yeah. So like, can he do that? Yeah. Apparently, you he can. Just did you, yeah. So they go outside and they do their best to blend in with the townsfolk and uh, it doesn't work because all of the townsfolk people like freeze and they pick up some weapons from the previous night's debris, which is a good a good use of that debris, I thought. Yeah. And and Redger says that Landru has summoned the body and Kirk tells everybody to set their phasers on stun because they think they're going to have to fight their way out. And I, I've been waiting I've been, this whole time. I'm just like, I don't understand why. Okay, so they're they're a threat to the body, and I don't know why everybody is so worried about Jesse the body the body Ventura. <laughs> Thank you. I was worried about that one. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. <laughs> wow. Former governor of Minnesota. I was say wow. Uh, you know, professional wrestling <laughs> champion. Yeah, I do. For all us WWE, you know, he fans, was a predator. He ain't we got just, time to bleed. Oh, what a great deep cut. Ah. <laughs> uh, I, I was worried about that one. Thank, thanks for laughing at that one, Dan. I appreciate it. Oh, I, I'll always uh-huh. laugh at a good wrestling, you know. Every time they said the body, I'm like, Jesse Ventura? Like, what the fuck does he have to do with this? But it doesn't matter. Oh, you know how he is with his conspiracy series. It's, yeah, I, I would have fucking died if they if it turns out Landry was Jesse Ventura. <laughs> He's like, I just want everybody to be happy. So... They continue on through the streets and the crowd is just slowly surrounding them, kind of like zombies. And Kirk uh, sets his phaser to a wide field, which is cool that it has multiple modes like that. You can do just like wide field or narrow. What a like absolutely overpowered weapon. But he incapacitates a couple of the people and they are just quickly replaced by more people. So they fire their phasers again and they make a little hole in the crowd that they're going to go through. And then as they're passing the people they just knocked out, they notice that one of them is O'Neill, and Kirk wants to pick him up and take him with him. 
And Redger says, no, O'Neill's been absorbed and Landry's going to use O'Neill to find us wherever we go when it, when he wakes up. But they take him anyway and they just continue through the alley. Like, why listen to the, the only guy there that's not fucking crazy? Kirk does what he wants. So they enter a dungeon-like area through a large stone door, which I presume is like hidden from the outside. You don't get to see it from the outside. And Redger grabs a lighting panel and he says that it was from a time before Landrew. And Spock notes that the lighting panel is out of place in their current environment, which, I mean, obviously they're in a, like, fucking Western environment, and now they're in a medieval-like dungeon. And he questions, uh, how long ago was the time before Landru? And we don't really get an answer on that. And then Spock gets a reading on, I'm going to assume it's his tricorder. He gets a, a reading of power generations in the area, and... Kirk wonders about the hollow tubes, which it's just really weird timing for all of this because he's like, hey, we got shit happening. He's like, those, about those tubes that the, the lawgivers had. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, then McCoy just notes that O'Neill's going to be waking up. I thought the lighting panel thing was kind of cool. I don't know why, how cool it would be to have a panel that small to light an entire, like, entire room. Oh, dude, yeah. I would love to have those in my house. Yeah, like, I don't know. I thought that was something really cool to have. Because yeah. the whole room's going to be dark until you use that, right? And then, that, So that's the one thing like the entire room. Yeah, they let that whole room with that thing. Yeah, so that's really cool. I mean, I, I know it's like fantasy to think something, the idea, but that I did, that thing is like just seemed really cool to me to have something that small light up a whole room. Right. Which, I mean, LED bulbs are uh, pretty fucking close to that. Yeah. But uh, Roger again warns about letting O'Neill wake up, and he tells Kirk about the resistance to Landru, and he's part of the resistance to it. It and it consists of three people, which would be himself, uh, Tamar, the guy that died earlier, and a third person that has only contacted Tamar. So now they don't know what they're going to do. And Kirk is like, okay, we'll go ahead and uh, have McCoy give O'Neill a shot. And we'll keep him unconscious. So Kirk starts asking Redger questions about Landru and about the Archons. And Redger talks about how Landru pulled the Archons down from the skies, but they resisted his influence. Uh, and Spock confirms that the energy readings that he picked up would be powerful enough to destroy a, a starship. So basically that ship that they were looking for 100 years ago was pulled out of the sky by Landru. And uh, the ship was called the Archon. So the people that were on the ship were called the Archons. Oh, okay. So now I feel le- much, not to explain it like this, the return of the Archons. The turn of the right, t- okay. more more people from Dude, space, yep. I never even got that the whole episode I'm watching it. I never even got that. Either did I, Paul. <laughs> yeah, so you just explained it just now. Now it makes a little more sense. Yeah, it's it's like this prophecy thing that more people from the sky are going to show up, and that's Kirk and crew. Okay, so they're considered, so they're considered the Archons because they're the... Okay, that makes yeah, much I, more sense now. I guess it would be the Enterprises... Uh, in this situation, I don't yeah. know, Enterprise Oars. I think we'll stick with Archons, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 get, I get what they're doing. I get it. Yeah. Man. So uh, Kirk calls the Enterprise, and he gets a hold of Scotty, who tells him that they are under attack from some heat beams that are coming from the planet's surface, and that the beams are taking all their power, and they can't do anything about it without their shields failing, because their shields are the only thing stopping the heat beam from just absolutely fucking them over but that they are slowly losing their orbit and that they're going to hit the atmosphere in less than 12 hours. And at this point, I just went, I'm fucking tired of the race against time in this show because they lean on it a lot. This episode was fine without adding a time limit to it. Yeah, but the time limit thing is in it all the time, though. You're noticing now. 
You know, it's so like they have, no, well, they're always of, losing orbit. Also, they always have a problem, and then it's time related. It's never just the problem. Yeah, they, well, they always throw that. Yeah, exactly. They always throw it on top of the current problem, and I always feel like it's unnecessary. Well, the time restraint makes the problem even bigger because oh, I got the problem, but when you got to serve it in five minutes, less than you know as much time as you want, the uh, the I can't say what I'm saying. The moment is is much more higher. Um, yeah, higher it, it adds it adds so to the drama. Higher. Yeah, it yeah, adds to the drama, drama, adds to the consequences, but it's yeah. like they do it so much that it, it starts to get old. Every like everything they do, I get that basically everything in life is a race against time, but a lot of these situations are fine without that. They're they're just well, not okay. necessary. Yeah. The Enterprise was fine either dealing with the heat beam thing and them just going, yeah, we basically can't help you because if we do anything all, you know, our shields are gonna go down. But, That's fine. Yeah. That's perfectly yeah. acceptable. Like. Now yeah. they're gonna. Now you got twelve hours before they crash into the fucking planet. We yeah. just had to worry about that, and tomorrow was yesterday that they were they didn't have the power to continue their orbit, and they had to okay. work that out. Yeah, see, yep. all, all the time. It's time. But uh, Kirk just tells Scotty, says, "Hey, do what you can, and we're gonna try to stop that whole beam nonsense from the ground." And uh, Spock then informs him that in the room that they're in, they're being probed by sensor beams. So we get a man that appears in the room and introduces himself as Landrew, and Spock notes that it's just a projection, which, yeah, it's the first time in this show that it's obviously been a projection. He's got that kind of, like, see-through look, like a hologram. And he looks like a Roman dude for some reason. Yeah, it looks kind of weird. I thought it looks weird myself, but I kind of let it go because it's a show, so it's different. Yeah, yeah. At this point, most stuff gets explained pretty well, and I just kind of leave it alone. But, uh... Kirk demands the release of his ship and Landrew just ignores him and says that he only seeks tranquility and peace for all. He goes on this big stupid rant and Spock says that Landrew doesn't hear them uh, and Landrew just keeps talking about absorbing them. It's almost like it's a pre-recorded message kind of thing. Uh, well, Spock kind of alludes to that. Yeah, he's just like, it's a, it's just a projection. He can't hear you. And... uh. One of the security guys, I assume he's a security guy because they, they don't explain, but one of the guys they brought with them wants to shoot the hologram and past experience should say <laughs> that Kirk should go, yeah, that sounds good because every fucking time one of those guys wants to get trigger happy and Kirk says no, they end up doing it anyway and it turns out to be the right thing to do <laughs> every fucking time. But again, yeah. Kirk is like, no, we're not shooting this thing. Like, all, all right, and, and we better remember this later. Spock would be in the background yelling, that's not logical, it's yeah. a hologram, it's <laughs> yeah. a hologram. Exactly. He should give a percentage on the amount of times Kirk says no and that that's what they end up doing, and that percentage would be 100. But uh, suddenly they hear a high-pitched humming noise, and they start to hold their heads, and they become rendered unconscious, so it's like a sonic type of attack. And we go to a commercial break. Which I was actually surprised that it affected Spock. I was expecting Spock okay. to actually okay, time out, time out. Me too. Uh, go, ahead, go ahead and continue. Go ahead and continue your next part. Then I'm going to cut in. Go ahead and say what happens well, after well, the commercial break. Well, I mean, to to Dan's point, or you know, Dan's uh, what he noticed there is, I I thought the same thing. I thought Spock was going to be fine, and he, he did take a second longer to react than everybody else. So I was like, oh, you know, he's probably going to be fine through this. But no, he yeah. did go down. So maybe he did have some kind of resistance to it, but did okay. ultimately ultimately I, go down. I'm going to chime in here ahead of time because commercial after commercial break, everybody comes back and Kurt gets up first. Now, here's my issue already. Here we go. Bert is not Superman. No. Okay. No. Okay. Well, hold on. Hold on. One thing. No, no. I, I, I am going to cut you off on this because there is one more thing that happened. So what? hold on to that thought. 
Who when we do come back from the commercial break, we get the captain's log that explains the Enterprise is still under attack and is being commanded by Scotty. And we always discussed who is third in command if Kirk and Spock are gone. And this is not as in, as important as your uh, your oh, point. But okay. if if Sulu was not incapacitated, do you think it would have been him or Scotty first? Sulu. Ooh, Sulu, Sulu, yeah. So we think Sulu is third, Scotty is fourth. And not that it's important, but I like to know. So I'm sorry. Go yeah. ahead. I no, didn't mean to cut okay, you off. No, actually, no, 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 no. Go ahead. Oh, no, 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 Paul. Before you do that, actually, if Bones was on the ship, I think he would be third in command. We've mm-hmm. never seen him in command, though. Yeah, we haven't seen him in command. We've seen Scotty. Seen, and we, yeah, we've seen Scotty. He now. seems feel- the type that would say no, that he doesn't want to be in command. I, I bet if it, if it came, like if something happened and Kirk and Spock were gone, I bet McCoy would not take up the mantle as temporary captain. I bet he would pass it, would, it off. It would be, it, I think it would be Scotty. Yeah, I think McCoy would understand that, that, that he's not fit for that role and he wouldn't do it. Because he's, really, he's not really he's not really an authority figure type guy. He seems there more to give advice than to tell people what to do, yeah, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, but on my rant is this. Kurt is not Superman, okay? He's a regular human being. Uh, you know, my, my friend mentioned Spock here. He's a Vulcan. Let me yeah. tell you something. One person is stronger and a species is small, uh, smarter, <laughs> the species is better. So why is Kurt falling asleep last this time? And he was the first to wake up. He's not Superman. Cause, cause I'm sorry. Superman. No, bro, he's not. He's a regular guy. Well, he did break that sword. Remember when he broke that steel sword? He yeah, dude, snapped it right over his knee. Yeah, but but Spock would have did it even better though. Like I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I don't disagree with you. I, I actually agree with you on your. Uh, I, I, get, on, I, get, on your I get I get so annoyed sometimes. How they make Kathakari to be the superhuman sometimes when he's a regular dude, and Spock should be the one doing the super strength things and all the elite things. That's what Spock is. You know, it's just I, it's just one of those I, things. I don't know. After we realized that it's not going to be a Sulu episode, I thought that this was going to be a Spock is a hero episode. Yeah. Because this seems like the kind of thing that he would be able to deal with with no problem. This, and then when we get toward the end, if you have one episode, uh, cl- uh, plug it in for a second. We get to the end, and magically, Kurt is all of a sudden a genius, a super genius all of a sudden, <laughs> smarter, smarter than Spock again. So not only is he, a, so not only is he super stronger than everybody else, now he's super smarter too. Like, yeah, no, well, you, not- you guys pointed me out last week that Kirk beats Spock in chess, so maybe yeah, Kirk gets smarter in some ways. Th- this is a lo- this is a logical th- situation, though. Everything about this is logic. Okay, but not think- not to give I, I away the ending here, though. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, it was Spock at the end that led Kirk to the stuff that he did to save the day. Like Spock was the one that coaxed him into that. Like he had already figured it out and just let yeah. Kirk have that moment. I, yeah. I do remember that much. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So like like yeah, Spock just, didn't know yeah, I, he just he I, I let know. have Kirk have that one. Oh, I know the answer. Uh, I go ahead and just sit quietly while you try to figure it out for the next ten minutes while I can add his yeah. things stuff an hour ago. Like we got maybe, things to do. Maybe it's, Kirk it's just, got to wake up first because he looks fucking fantastic in that outfit, and Spock looks like shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, Shatner looked good in that outfit, I'm dude. He could pull you, that man. thing off. Yeah, I know they all actually they all look good in it, and I thought it was kind of weird. Yeah, they do. They do. And you know what? I bet they felt cool as fuck too, because I honestly like I've only gotten to wear a suit a couple of times in my life. But when you put mm. on a fucking suit, dude, like you feel you feel, you feel yeah. real fucking good. You do. 
I might. I think about Halloween. You know, this they're year, basically cosplaying. Yo, I want to yeah. cosplay. I think I'm going to cosplay in Star Trek for, for Halloween this year. Cause watch, as, as watching this, uh, are we gonna have to go to a fucking convention? I don't know. I feel like I want to. <laughs> right. <laughs> I want. I want to go dress as the Archons, though. I definitely want to go dress as the Archons. <laughs> I feel like, like I don't have enough uh, knowledge to go to a, a current day Star Trek convention because I think I feel like it's mostly about current Trek and not so much about the original series. The original series seems to be like the forgotten child of Star Trek. I don't. I don't think at conventions they aren't. I think at conventions the original is always going to be the current. People will always care about the original more than the other ones. But I think. But I think in popular culture, maybe yeah. But yeah. like, yeah, you're probably like, right. As a, as a true fan, nostalgia kind of sticks with you. So, so only one way to find out, man. We're just gonna have to go. Yep, I'm down. See if we can get on a panel somewhere. Me too. Like, these guys don't know <laughs> shit, but they do have a podcast about it. Yeah, we get our podcast big <laughs> enough. We, <laughs> we can get there. Get a podcast. Can big you enough, call we'll yourself Star Trek fan? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know, we're just, we're fans though. We're not like fanboys. That's a whole, that's a different right, level. Yeah, like, we're not super fans or anything. It, we're, we're learning. We're learning. We're forgetting. Yeah. We're learning things. Exactly. Um, yeah, to your point, Kirk does wake up first and he finds that his communicator and his phaser have been taken taken, and that he and the others are locked in a room that is eerily similar to the room that they were already in. I don't think they actually went anywhere, but apparently they did. And he goes and wakes up the others and then they realize that McCoy and O'Neill are missing. And Spock explains that they were knocked out by a hypersonic sound wave. And Kirk wonders, there's a lot of weird, like, disconnected stuff here. They just kind of jump. Like, they don't really communicate with each other. They jump from topic to topic. And Kirk is just over here wondering if the law givers flaw against, or if he can use the the flaw that they have against them again. And Spock doubts that and says that their flaw, he doesn't think that it would remain uncorrected. And he notes that the lawgiver's reaction to Kirk's resistance is similar to that of a computer that's been given a contra- uh, contradictory data. They uh, they hear the, the the stone door sliding open and McCoy and O'Neill enter the room and they're clearly under Landru's control, which O'Neill already was, so it didn't matter. And Kirk tries to get McCoy to snap out of it and to remember that he's Captain Kirk, but he doesn't have any luck. And McCoy's just like super happy and he's like, yeah, you're, you're not of the body. I'm of the body, blah, blah, blah. And the lawgiver is like, I got a body. What are you talking about? Yeah, he's doing fine. He's got his very own body. And uh, the lawgivers order Kirk to follow him. And he just he refuses again. But this time they're like, OK, if you don't come with us, we're just going to kill you. So that proves that their flaw has been fixed. And Kirk's like, all right, I, I, I guess I'll go with you then. If, that, if those are my options. So Spock asks McCoy what's going to happen to Kirk. And McCoy says that Kirk is going to go to Joy and peace and tranquility, and then he's going to go meet Landru. So we cut to Kirk a little bit later, and he's strapped to this device on a wall, and there's a guy in an orange robe that enters the room, and he dismisses the lawgivers. He's like, I got it from here. You guys can get on out of here. And he steps into a booth and starts a machine. Back in the cell, Spock is still trying to get McCoy back to normal, but he eventually gives up. He says it's impossible. Yeah, I'm like, like, oh, "Oh, take care of this. What am I supposed to do? Like just keep slapping him or smacking him around until he gets up, snaps out of it. Yeah, just like, slap I, I, like, the fuck out of it. You know, I don't know. I don't know what he expects Spock to do. Like he don't have no tools. He don't have nothing. Like just yeah, just uh, just nerve pinch him and knock him out. And if he wakes yeah. up and he's still the same, do it again and just keep doing it until it works. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I'm gonna yeah. pinch you till you're Actually, dumb. Actually, I thought that's what he was gonna do. Like yeah. knock him out and like try to wake him up and see if that didn't you know. Yeah, snap like a hard reset. Just turn him on yeah. him or turn him off and back on again. Yeah, I do. Before, before I forget and uh, forget about mentioning that later on, I do love 
the costumes in this episode and the and all the R and all the little uh, gadgets they made and the contraption they used to strap everybody in. Like this yeah. whole episode, the art in the background and whoever designed this thing is really smart. And I like everything and, about it. And then we just have hollow tubes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that was all about. <laughs> yeah. Spent all that like, budget well, they had on to, the They had wall. to cut budget somewhere. Yeah, they spent yeah. the whole budget on the wall straps. <laughs> well, we can't yeah. really get anything cool for these guys, so <laughs> give them some fucking yeah. PVC, paint it brown. Yeah. yeah, for real. I just, I don't know. I felt like I felt, I felt like it's really good, so I just want to clarify before I forget about that. It, just, yeah. it looked really good. Yep. Um, so two more lawgivers enter the room with Spock and tell Spock that they he needs to go with them and he doesn't put up a fight. He just goes. And then we go back to Kirk, who gets released from the wall and he is under Landru's control. So he greets Spock as Spock enters the room, giving that same speech that everybody else did. You know, the body, peace, tranquility, blah, blah, blah. And then we go to a commercial break. So when we come back, Spock is now strapped to the wall as the guy in orange starts the machine. And he says, hey, a, you know, weirdier guy, my name is Marplon. And he says that the effects that Spock is experiencing are currently harmless and that he was too late to save Spock's other two friends. And then he just let Spock go. And I was like, yeah, I saw that coming a fucking mile away. I knew that guy was a third resistance member. And either yep. the, I figured we were either going there or that Spock would be immune, but he would pretend that he was absorbed. That's that was uh, I also thought that's a possibility. Another moment to make Spock the hero of this episode, and they blew it. They just blew every time. You know, this is the moment you think, oh, Spock can resist it. He's the one that's going to lead them to the to the promised land. Nope, Kirk takes credit for that too. Since like like they love to make Kirk look like a superhuman all the time instead of giving Spock the lucky love he deserves. It's the first episode I got really annoyed by Kirk. The whole episode I was annoyed by him. The whole episode yeah, I was like, oh look, I just. Because this whole episode is this is like a Spock episode. If there was a, a episode of Spock is the hero, this is the one. You versus computer, it's Spock's turn to shine. Yeah, in an episode where logic is the answer, you would think that your guy that only ever fucking talks about logic would be the hero of the episode, yeah. but he's not. But, but also not. the other thing was is that the fact that like Redger and those those other guys, they're they're immune to the effects of the absorption, and you would think that. I would think that it's an opportunity to have literally anybody else on the Enterprise randomly be immune and be the hero. It could have been Sulu. Yeah. They could have tried yep. to do that to Sulu, and it turns out he's just immune for no reason. Because they yeah. never said why the other guys were immune. Yeah, yeah. They just and, if go, and if you're going to say somebody be, be immune, him being Vulcan would have been a perfect excuse. Like, yeah, like, exactly. Like, it's in your lap. Oh, he's Vulcan, he's immune. Oh, okay. And then when he finds yeah. out he's immune... Then he might admit, "Oh, I'm part of the resistance," or "Oh, and then you know, I, I, you know, then you could come up with a different way to figure things out." Yeah, and then we'd be sitting here and I'd be going, "Well, of course he's fucking immune because Spock is a goddamn superhero what? and they make him OP." So I'd be bitching about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, but I think it's more acceptable than it is for the way it went down to me personally. Yeah, like, yeah, it would have made more sense to have Spock be the hero. Yeah, I'm, pers- I'm, I'm personally annoyed by this whole episode. That's why, I like. For episode and like it was kind of interesting and clever in a way, and my notes are so damn lo- short because all my notes I took were like annoyed, 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 like <laughs> <laughs> super curt, super curt, super curt. Like that's how I felt more and more. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so Marplon explains that Kirk is actually unharmed, and he says, "Yeah, I'm the, the third resistance guy," and uh, he says that Redger is immune to absorption, and then he gives Spock some phasers and says to act like Kirk was 
And then the two lawgivers enter the room and Spock puts on the act with the lawgivers, you know, joy to you, blah, blah, blah. So they go back to the cell and Spock and Lindstrom and Kirk go to this corner to quietly talk. Like they don't even keep up the act for 30 seconds in front of the other two who are clearly already absorbed. And McCoy just kind of creeps up on him. He's like, hey, you guys are speaking in strange whispers over here. That's not really the way of Landru. And Kirk is just like, oh, yeah, you know, joy and tranquility and all that stuff. And McCoy's like, yeah, yeah, that's right. And like he's totally fine with it. We're just talking about how great he is amongst ourselves. Yeah, no, one thing I, that's I noticed is uh, when they're talking, the way McCoy keeps up sneaking and listening yeah, is dude. so creepy. It's <laughs> so creepy. It's so creepy and cool. Like, look at his face. He's like, you know, like there's something over there he wants to see. And, and, yeah, and the look on it's, his it's face. It's funny as he, hell. And, and, the, and the looks on his face when he's talking about bless the body and everything. It just. <laughs> he, he he looks so creepy and cool. Like he went oh above and beyond with the, yeah, the dude, joy like, thing. I, yeah, yeah. Like I really wish that he had been there with Sulu, and I saw him. I was like, oh my god, he did such a good job with this, trying to look like overly happy. It just it looks so weird and creepy. I just man, sometimes the acting in the show like just crosses me, and that's one of the ones where I was like, wow, he really looks overly happy. This looks weird right. to look at. Right. You should use that image for your twi- uh, Twitter page for this episode. Uh, of them talking with uh, bones I, in the background, smiling like that. I think I, I might actually. That's uh, yeah, yeah, that's like a good idea. Talking about the, like he's over there sneaking. Like, what are you guys doing? And then they're over there uh, talking about the podcast or whatever. Yeah, he's he's back there. He's <laughs> like, are you guys talking about Landrew? And they're like, no, we're talking about the we're watching Star Trek podcast. Yeah, how dare you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, so uh so yeah, they they ease McCoy's uh little mind and then they go off a little bit further away to continue their conversation and Kirk peeks around the corner to see what McCoy's doing. He's just sitting on a bench with a fucking goofy ass smile. <laughs> it's so <laughs> ridiculous. He's just sitting there like dude, staring off into space, you. just smiling. <laughs> I told you how creepy it looks, dude. Like the other guy has a, a like a stout look on his face, but McCoy yeah. looks like he's the smile on his face is just so creepy. Like it is so good. Yeah, he's just... I, I bet he had, he had a, a lot of fun on set with that. Yeah. So they continue talking. They come to the conclusion that Landrew is not a human for some fucking random-ass reason. And Kirk says, hey, we got to pull the plug on this guy, and Landrew has to die. And then Spock mentions, which I, re- I really liked this point because they haven't really used this at all yet. And Spock says, well, what about the Prime Directive? Which says that they're really just there to learn stuff, that they're not there to interfere and Kirk says, well, that only refers to a living, growing culture, and Beta 3 is not that. But I like that they're using the Prime Directive as a, a moral conflict here, even though it, it they got over it in, like, three and a half seconds. They don't yeah, use like, that like maybe, enough. I, I yeah, like, maybe later on when the situation, like, uh, that was one of the episode where the guys came and they invaded the little space, space place, and Kirk went to go kill them, and they got the Gargon right. episode, whatever it was. The Gorns, yep. Gorn episode, yeah. So it feels like that's one something I think I wouldn't mind that coming up more often as part of their reason, right? Like the Pine Directive, like oh, how do we how do we save these people without taking these lives and things like that? I think it should come up more often because I feel like that's a bigger, a a better issue to discuss more than time. You know, like like if that's the like if we discuss the Pine Directive and trying to figure things out, I think it's a better thing than always trying to solve a problem against time. I, just, I think the the most obvious use of that would be, and I I bet we get that, is if they 
find a civilization that is about to be wiped out by another civilization and they want to help but they're not allowed because of the prime directive says they're not allowed to interfere with that i bet we get an episode like that and like i said that'd probably be the most obvious use of it but i would be okay with that yeah actually looking ahead i think in like in two or three episodes they're going to touch upon that yeah oh okay yeah so we'll get to see not not long from now then yeah it's cool so uh Marplon and uh, Redger enter the cell to greet McCoy, or they greet McCoy uh, before going to talk to the others. You know, they they do the whole joy and whatever the fuck. And Marplon gives them their communicators, and Kirk tries to persuade them to help against Landrew. Well, McCoy overhears all this, and he calls for the lawgivers, lawgivers and says that they're all traitors. And and then McCoy and Kirk actually just have a little struggle, not like a fight, just a little struggle, but. Uh, McCoy gets knocked out and Spock is over there and just easily handles O'Neill. <laughs> like he ain't shit. Like he just fucking tosses him across the room. Kirk and Spock hide around the corner uh, from the door as the lawgivers come in and uh, they just easily knock him out just with no issues at all, which I don't know why they didn't do this shit earlier. Yeah, for real. I don't get it. Well, when you tell them no and they don't know what to do, I'm pretty sure if you punch them in the face, they're just going to go straight down. Yeah. Yeah. They don't know how to handle that. So they're just going to shut down. Like, we've never been hit before. Like, that's got to be another flaw, right? If they've never been oh, told no, they've never been attacked. They've been hit before. Why either. did you hit me? Yeah. <laughs> They're like, fuck, dude. Like, why? I'm just doing my job. <laughs> like, God, what a dick. I was just trying to bring you peace and tranquility. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Does that sound so bad? So, uh, they take the lawgiver's robes. They they undress them right there. And uh, they question Marplon about Landru again. And he, Marplon says that, they never see Landru, but that they hear him in the Hall of Audiences, which is located in the building they're in, which means that the place that they went to hide is a really fucking shitty place because it turns out that it's where Landru is. Like, the guy they're trying to hide from, they hid in his house, basically. <laughs> it's like the door across the room. Yeah. Like, oh, he's right across the hallway. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, It was a big city, wasn't it, when we first saw that? Yeah, oh, and they, I, Redger I took him down there that. to hide. Dude, my, <laughs> they my just brain, hide next to him. Yeah, my brain imagined we're at a castle for a minute. I didn't realize, we're at, I forgot we're in a big city. And with yeah. the wrong house. Oh, that's messed up. Yep. So uh, Spock calls Scotty and uh, informs them, or Scotty informs them that the Enterprise only has about six hours left before it enters the atmosphere, and Kirk orders them to put a guard on Sulu and then just hangs up on him. Because they, 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 they ask how Sulu is, and he's like, well, you know, he's still a little loopy. So he's like, okay, just go ahead and put a guard on him, and then hangs up on him. Like, good luck with uh, breaking up in the atmosphere shit. Yeah. And. So they go and talk to Redger and Marplon some more, and they're pretty apprehensive about destroying Landru because it means the loss of their peace and their tranquility, and it's all they've ever known. So they don't want to, you know, shake up their their whole lifestyle here. And Kirk tells them that it's too late. He's like, I don't care if you don't want to assassinate your overlord. We're going to fucking do it. So Redger gets uh, real concerned, and he tries to call for the lawgivers, but Spock just knocks him out with the Vulcan nerve thing. So... They pretty much, they not pretty much, they force Marplon to lead them to the Hall of Audiences and them being uh, Kirk and Spock who are currently disguised as the, the Lawbringers. And they go to the hall, hall of Audiences where Landru is and they enter the room and they take off their robes and then call out for Landru. And it says that they, they're like, hey, we're the Archons. And I was like, what the fuck is the point in 
stealing the lawgivers disguises if they they walked like 15 feet to the next room and then just took them off they, anyway they, 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 need, they need to make it to the room that's what it was they need to make it to the room just in case anybody like they could have shown that yeah like maybe so like like sneaking past some people at least so like it made a reason for the outfits yeah yeah there's probably no guards that's probably the ironic funny thing about it like they walk right. the whole way dressed up and like where is everybody yeah why would you what? have guards posted everywhere if everybody's under your control this episode has a lot of the well start has a lot of things where we overthink things and we're looking for issues and we, right. why would you put in a costume if you didn't have to like yeah we, you're that, right yeah so like so we're over i mean we overthink it so we're looking at it at the same time common sense says at least keep a, a guard by the door so he actually like a reason why he dressed like that not just not for no just for no reason. Like it's yeah, one of exactly. those things that we have. Which which but. leads me to a point that I had later, but I'll bring it up now. Uh we only ever see two lawgivers at once. So I bet they only had the two sets of robes. And <laughs> so they just oh, had to keep reusing them. Then they gave them to two to curtain them so that yeah, you're right. So you which can't have fun. anybody at the door because they don't have any more yeah, fucking robes. Yeah, so I, I guess there's no other robes that there's no other security guys. Should we also two at a time the whole episode? Seriously? Only two, the entire episode. Always no yeah. more than two. I didn't notice that. Yep, every scene with them. So uh they go to this room and Landrew appears as a projection again and he says that he has to obliterate them for the good of the body, and he says that Everybody that knows about them is also going to have to be excised. Uh, Kirk tries to reason with reason with him, but Spock is like, "Dude, it's it's a projection. <laughs> he can't fucking hear you." Like, how many times do I have to tell you it's a hologram? <laughs> yeah, like, do you even listen to me when I talk to you? So they then decide to fire their lasers at the projection, and they burn a hole in the wall. And they reveal there's a room there housing a large computer, and they should have listened to the fucking guy in the beginning that wanted to shoot the projection. <laughs> Every single time somebody <laughs> wants to shoot something, he says no, they do it later, and it works. Every fucking time. The machine introduces itself as Landru and tells them, hey, you're an intruder, which they know. That's the whole point. And they go to shoot it, but the computer emits a high-frequency sound that disables their phasers. And the machine, again, is like, I'm, I'm Landrew. And Kirk says, well, Landrew died 6,000 years ago. So here's another issue I have with this episode. So they try to fire their lasers at the computer, and the computer's like, nope. Yes. Why didn't they just send Spock in there and have him just beat the hell out of the machine? Yeah, just punch the hit fuck it. out of it? Yeah, like, what's the, it's not going to fight back. You could have got one of them hollow tubes and just beat the fuck out of it. Like the thing, it's not going to stop you. There's like, nothing you can do. I believe Spock is strong enough to put his hands, put his hands through a computer board. Oh, it has to be. Yeah, that's that's a really fair point. Another moment <laughs> for him to shine. About that. Another moment for him to shine. They took it away from him. Yep, they, they're just so anti-Spock now. You, know, you get you fuck up <laughs> and you try to maroon a couple of people on a planet to save yourself, and suddenly they, the series hates you. No, I'm going to let you guys just keep going on your rants and get going on while I sit here quietly. And I'll have to keep reading on to continue the story before I do my rant. Yeah, okay. So, uh, yeah, Landrew died 6,000 years ago. And Kirk says that Landrew programmed the machine, but that he couldn't give the machine a soul. And then I'm going to call the computer Landrew because they switch back and forth. Sometimes they just say, they say, hey, you're not Landrew, but then they address it as Landrew. I'm just going to call it Landrew so that we know what the fuck I'm talking about. But Landrew... Again, says he has to obliterate him because the good of the body is the prime directive. And this is where Spock is like, hey, you know, that, that good of the body thing, that's the key to our problem. So he he already figured it out. And he's just 
trying to mm. help lead so, Kirk yeah, there. Trying to help? Why? Why, Kirk? Uh, Spot, just say what you need to say. Let's get the fuck out of here. What are you right. doing? Maybe like, he, uh, maybe he's really there to just like babysit Kirk, and he has to feed him a win so that he doesn't hurt his <laughs> ego. I don't know, but this is this whole episode is about logic, and I can't understand why Spock isn't the hero. I just can't get my head around it. It is so right. annoying to me. This episode hurts my soul just a tad bit. And I'm not a Spock fan. I'm, everybody knows As you I'm say, a, yeah, I'm no, a Kirk you're fan. not even the Spock guy. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I, you know, I'm the Kirk guy here. You know, and because and I just this whole episode to me was so annoying because this is the moment I realized that Kirk is here is made as Superman. And like it, it is so, it's so subtle in a way that like they make Kurt so every he, he's like an everyman, but he's Superman at the same time. How do you live right. up to that standard right there? Like I just, this is Spock's moment, brother Spock. I got your back, man. This is your moment that was ruined and stolen by this Kurt jerk, man. He gets all the girls, <laughs> he gets all the girls, and now he even he even gets to be smarter than you in front of everybody. He gets yep. everything. He gets the best of everything. Come on, man. He did you dirty, Spock. They did you so dirty, sir, and I and I respect you. Don't worry about it. I got your back. Captain Spock, that's what I want, Captain Spock. We already saw how it would go, and I don't even care. Maroon everybody. I don't care, Captain Spock. <laughs> I'm telling he had an off day that day. Yeah. Uh-huh. We we all we all have our bad days. But uh Kirk, you know, they were talking about the good of the body, and, and Kirk asked Landry, well, what is the good? And it, Landry says that it's peace and tranquility and the harmonious continuation of the body. Um, so Kirk says, well, you're harmful to the body. And he asks Landrew uh, if what he's done to do justice to the full potential of every individual of the body. And Landrew's just like, well, I have insufficient data, so I can't answer that. And so Kirk says that without freedom of choice, there is no creativity. And without creativity, there is no life. And that the body dies and that it would be Landrew's fault. Which I think Kirk had a point there. You know, his, uh, argument. I was going to save this, but I fucking hated this. Uh, I understand that they were going to use logic to defeat the, the machine. And uh, I don't understand why they had to go with this weird, like, focus on creativity of all of the things that they could have chosen to give this thing a logic complex. Like, creativity which, is which the one that do, they went yeah. with. The one, the one that makes more sense, whatever, is when you ask them a question that has no, the answer is the question itself for things like that. Like, the, like a lot of times you'll see where like it'll be some computer things are inspired by this, and they're asking one of them, uh, ask them a question, or whatever, and the question repeats itself over and over again. You know, like if it says, yeah. uh, like I have two brothers, Pete and Repeat. Pete jumps off the boat, the boat. Who's left? Dude, I've heard repeat. that one in you forever. Know? You think you like repeat the story over again because it's just a, a, a continuing loop and it never ends. Like right. so, like at the top of my head, like that was a clever way of doing things. But I think they well, overly they made it overly complicated when they should have made yes, it more specific. Exactly. To understand. They overcomplicated it with this weird ass. Well, without creativity, you know, they can't really express themselves and be alive. How about yeah. you just fucking say that not letting them do what they want to do is doing more harm to them than good? Like that good. you. Yeah. Like keeping you keeping them under your control is more harmful to them than it is good for them, and like work at it that way. The creativity angle was just really weird and really contrived, and I yeah. I, I really really didn't like. I it. guess the way I looked at it from the creativity point of view is that uh, they're all of a of a like a hive mind. They have no distinct. They have no uh, 
gonna, representation of who they really gonna, are. Like, like, oh, hey, we all just think the same thing. You know, we, I agree with you. So I, I, what you're saying makes sense, though. But the, our, the issue isn't that. The issue that don't make sense. The issue is it was just a random situation. They made it more more co- overcomplicated, something that should have been way simple. You know, they try to make it about... No, I agree. I, I think they were trying to go for a, a deeper meaning, though. Yeah, yeah, I, the, yeah I, I don't think they hit it. No, I I know exactly what you're saying. Like, I, I, I understand, like, the situation here. I just, I don't agree that that's the way that they should have done it. I mean, they, they could have done the same thing. I, I, maybe it's just the use of the word creativity. Like, you could have uh, just put a different word in there and meant the same damn thing. It's just, it's really fucking dumb that they're like, yeah, you know, if they're, if they can't be creative, then are they even really alive? Like, how That's about not, if they yeah. can't freely express their Let thoughts and emotions, say, are they really alive? But they're alive, like, so they, they, what, they're, uh, they're what, uh, alive. Free, what if they would have said, would it have been better if they would have said like free will? Ex- yes, exactly. That's that's yeah. what I was getting at. Thank you. Yeah. I couldn't. I was trying to get there and I couldn't fucking get there. Yes, like without free, like not having free will is more harmful to you than being controlled and not being, you know, like in danger of all this shit. Yeah, they're like, living, that's, but they're that's not, what they should have really done. Living. Yeah, exactly. Really, they're living, but they're not really I, I agree with like, you on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah so I, it, it the, the creativity thing for me just just fucking killed it. I, it's so I don't know why because it's not like this big deal, but it just. I don't understand why they went that way. Yeah, I agree. But, um, yeah, so, you know, he goes through the whole creativity ramp. You know, there's no life and the body dies and that would be Landry's fault. And uh, the machine says it's not programmed to answer that question. And then two lawgivers enter the room. And this is where my note was like, why the fuck are there always two? Because <laughs> they, they only have two robes? I, Possibly, because I think the, the <laughs> I think the two robes actually disappeared from the floor behind them. So I think they only had two robes. That's funny. They snuck in and picked them up, put them on really quick. Like, oh hey, we're here now. Yeah, we made yeah. it. Sorry, but uh, Kirk is just like, fuck it, let's blast these guys. And Spock says, no, that's that's unnecessary. The lawgivers, they don't, they're not under any control right now. They don't have any guidance, and they don't know what to do. This is a first for them because they rush in. They're like, what do we do, Landrew? And Kirk's like, well, you get fucked up, and he's ready to just blast them. <laughs> so uh, they don't they don't blast them, and Kirk is, just tells Landrew, he's like, hey, you got you need to answer this question. He says that the machine is like, no, you know, they don't have creativity that is reserved to me. And so this is where Spock finally chimes in. So he's like, can we move this along? I got an appointment later. And he says that uh, creativity is necessary for the health of the body. And the machine says, well, that's impossible, which is a fucking stupid answer to that. doesn't make any sense. And Kirk suggests that the machine must create the good because it's the will of Landrew. So, hey, you have to do good stuff because that's what the original Landrew wanted. And so the machine says, well, but there's also evil, which is also fucking stupid. And Kirk responds that the evil must be destroyed because it's the prime directive. And he says that the computer is the evil one. And so the computer's like, fuck, you got me. And it starts like sparking and smoking and asking for help in a really pathetic way that kind of made me feel bad for it. And uh, it's just like, help me, help, 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 help. And then it just finally shuts off. I That whole scene right there, though, I feel like it could have been so much better because the, the idea actually is real clever. Because I think, once again, I've seen this idea before, but got to think about it. This is 1972, 73. Yeah, I believe this was so, the first. Uh, this, yeah, so yeah, this was yeah, it. So like every idea after this is kind of branched from this moment. I'm assuming that, you know, this wasn't a, a, a well-thought-out thing. Because the, this thing about this Star Trek show, I'm going to get to rant for a minute, where they seem to be uh, ahead of themselves with a lot of 
technology lingo and jargon and like the way they act and happens to like be be real now like things they 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 imagine and made up in this actually some things that go that happen now so i think that's very clever of the show where like nothing here nothing in this show seems impossibly like it can exist in the future eventually yeah also super fucking sad that the themes that they touch on are still present all this time later but that's yeah. another discussion entirely yeah that's just it's, yep. just, it's just interesting. Like this show's really cool. So yeah, but uh, so yeah, the the computer's done for, and Marplon's like, well, "What do we do now?" And Kirk, like an absolute fucking piece of shit. This is an exact quote from him. Okay, he says, "Well, Marplon, you're on your own now. I hope you're up to it. You can get rid of these robes, and if I were you, I'd start looking for another job." Dude, you just wrecked their whole fucking way of life. And you're like, get good, scrub. Get some new fucking clothes, you nerd. Like, you're, you're on your own now. Like, dude, you ruined their entire way of life. That they have. That's all they've ever known. And you go in there and fuck it up. And you're just like, yeah, GG, bro. Like, get good. Like, come the fuck on. Like, what a dick. That was so out of character. He's like, yeah, we fucked up your world. We ain't helping you. Like, wow, dude. You know, he's like, I got I enough did, of this thing. I didn't, I didn't like Would you say it like that? I'm like, oh, that is kind of messed up, huh? Well, and he, the way he said it was just like so snarky and so just like sarcastic and condescending. He uh-huh. literally tells him he should start looking for another job. <laughs> dude. I'm gonna, I, I, now that's something Spock would have done. Yeah, yeah, no, like, you just destroyed yeah. this man's job. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Not even like, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll make sure the Federation people. helps or some shit. It's just like, yeah, you're yeah, on your own now, you know, you, you fucking not, loser. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't say, yeah, we're going to send some people down here to help you guys or nothing. <laughs> it was so shitty, dude. I saw that. I was like, damn, dude. Oh, God. I just Okay, I just watched the scene just now because everybody else watching doing the thing. Wow, you're right. The look on his face. Like, he was annoyed. Yeah, he's like, not my fucking problem. <laughs> he's just oh, out. <laughs> that is 30. I just saw that. Oh, that's really mean. He was like, oh, I was just... <laughs> Oh, wow. I didn't guess that the first time. I'm kind of upset. That's so shitty. Wow. But, uh, but yeah, but he's done. He gets done with that. And then he just calls the Enterprise. He calls Scotty. He's And Scotty's like, yeah, heat rays are gone. Sulu's Kirk back out. to normal. And Kirk's like, get us the fuck out of here. And then they yeah. just they get beamed up. He's like, yeah. And Kirk out. <laughs> I've had enough of this bullshit for one yeah, day. He's like, it was nice when we came here. But now suddenly it's like third world. And I want out. Yeah, so. I want out I've, I've, had, I've had enough of this today. They don't even know what to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Captain Kirk. so fucking shitty. What He's like, you know what looking? I do? I kiss women. I wreck civilizations. Get me off this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I just, now that you mentioned it, I see it. I just, oh, my God. He's, I like, see it. he's like, showing up, kissing your women, destroying your God. Let's fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Oh. And like a pair of sunglasses appears on him and he fucking beams out. <laughs> Kirk out. He's like, peace out. No, Kirk out. Kirk out. Kirk out, yep. <laughs> oh, Kirk out. Kirk out. Yeah. So a little bit later here, uh, Kirk's giving a captain's log, and they're they're leaving Beta 3, and he says that their sociologist, which is Lindstrom, is staying behind with a party of experts who will help restore the planet's culture to a human form. So I guess they did actually decide to help out a little bit, but they left probably like four or five people to help restore this entire planet. And yeah. uh so they always have these little discussions at the end of the episode, and, and Kirk is like, wow, that computer really was a marvelous feat of engineering. And Kirk's like, well, it was only a machine, and the original Landrew couldn't give it his wisdom, his compassion, his understanding, or his soul. And Spock is like, 
well, you know, I prefer the concrete and the graspable and the provable. And so Kirk, you know, kind of sarcastically says, well, you'd make a splendid computer. And, and Spock is like, thank you. Like, he's really touched well, by that comment. Yeah, 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 that's what I said, too, when I saw that. I thought, you know what, that is so, what, what is, what a subtle way to make a joke and reiterate the fact that Spock is different. Yeah. You know, like, re- what a really cool way to, like, oh, that's confident for me. Like, I like a computer? Oh, thanks, bro. Like, if, like, it's just like if Spock could print that compliment out and hang it on his wall, he would. Yeah, yeah, and he, he would. look at it every day. Yep. He's going to write it on his calendar. I mean, let's be honest. The Enterprise... The, the Enterprise Cruise is always complimenting Spock. All the time, yep. Yeah, the sarcasm is ticking. Especially Bone. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, oddly enough here, they get uh, a transmission, and Uhura tells them that it comes from Lindstrom, and he says that things are going pretty well on the planet already, which they've, they've been gone for like a few hours at this point, so either he's really good at their job, or well, no, you no, know, was he's a, just fucking lying. We didn't know how long the, how long it is, actually. They're just now because, leaving, though. Like, they, they yeah, haven't even left the planet yet. Yeah, but I'm saying it could have been there for a couple of days already. We don't know. It could have been, yeah. they could, they could have been there for a couple of days or a couple of weeks, like, helping out, and now, now they get ready to leave. Maybe those people are just like, they figured, fuck it. They've already been brainwashed, so we're just going to brainwash them into doing, like, normal shit, and they won't even know. Like, hey, it's going real good <laughs> down here. We're brainwashing the fuck out of them. Yeah, it could be. Or it could be, like, you know, like I said, a long time later. You're not sure. Yeah. Um, but Spock remarks that mankind has often wished for a world as peaceful and secure as the one that Landry provided. And Kirk is like, whew, well, I guess we're lucky we never got that one. And and then they just leave, and that's the end of the episode. Yeah, but that last quote brings up the idea of uh, giving up your freedoms and security to be safe. Yeah, he would rather have like, the, like, uh, the chaos. Like, like and, peaceful. Yeah. yeah, like to be peaceful. Like, would you give up your freedom, your freedom to be safe? Like... That's kind of a big, a big idea about life, freedom and security to get safe. I just, I thought when I, when it got to that point, I thought, man, they do this really good, clever thing that is still the idea, that thought is still brought up today. Like, what would you give up, give up to feel safe? Would you give up your right. freedom of choice? Would you give up, um, would you give up whatever it is to be safe? I just, just basically it, your individuality for for safety. Yep. Do we want to live in demolition, man? Well, unless you're Wesley Snipes. Yeah. Get out of here. Let's your Wesley. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> what do you got against Wesley? <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. He doesn't pay his taxes. That's what we got against him. <laughs> <laughs> I love Wesley Snipes. <laughs> I have nothing to do that. I don't have no room to say to that. I think he actually went to prison for that, I believe, for tax evasion. Yeah, he did. He, did. Yeah. he, did. he, he forgot to pay taxes for a minute. You know, he just forgot. He wasn't evading. Yeah. He, he blamed. He ain't, he ain't going nowhere. <laughs> so. Uh, final thoughts on this one, Paul? Um, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't love it. I didn't love it, but I did like the idea of the whole episode. I thought it was real cool with the AI being the bad guy. And then, and the, this time it got away with the whole God powers, but not really being God powers, more AI powers to control things like that. That was cool. I thought, uh, I really liked the art and the background, the direction, um, the costumes, like, there's nothing in the episode I even complained about. I just I liked all the CGI. Like I said, for some reason, the episode was like, everything about it was good. It was just the small, subtle things that didn't uh, follow in the story kind of annoyed me. And that's all, that's the small things. It's just just me being picky. But, right. you know, I don't know if I'll skip this episode next, next time I'm watching it or not, but it was all right. 
Yeah, by uh, your description last week of it, I thought it was going to be fucking terrible. And uh, it, I, it turned out to be one that I enjoyed, but I think I enjoyed the idea of it more than the execution of it. Because like you said, they were just they didn't expand on some of the ideas that they had. Uh, they they could have gone a little deeper into like the festival stuff or just the we touched on quite a few things. I'm not going to reiterate them. Uh, I was totally cool with it until the end. Fuck the end of this episode. The creativity thing is fucking dumb. Spock should have been the hero. And yeah kirk is just there to make out with people and kill gods and so you know it was <laughs> it was okay like I, yeah it was all right not i feel like i say this a lot but not not great not terrible that's that's pretty much it <laughs> dan uh i'm not sure how i feel about the episode i, I thought it was all right i kind of like you i wish they would have touched more upon what was going on with like the festival why were the old people excluded from joining it uh I, I just wish he would have added more to it, at least the lore, because I just left here wondering why did the people freak the hell out when it became six o'clock? Then when it became six o'clock in the morning, why did they all go back to normal? Uh, I don't know. It was just a weird episode. Yeah. You're right about one thing, Dan. I think that once you brought it up with the festival part, I thought like this should have been a two part episode. Like the first part being about the festival and what the hell go- that situation, and the second part being about the AI thing. Like they could have. And, but but put them together somehow. Like, I feel I feel like they could have. I feel like they tried to fit. They didn't have enough time to expand on the small details, of information that would have made the episode much better. That seems to be a, a yeah. trend that we run into quite a bit. Is that a lot of these episodes feel like they just don't have the time to expand on their ideas because they have really good ideas and they uh, start, but they always drop the ball. Not always. Well, Frequently, I, they drop the I, ball. I, I I think it's a thing of the time where people watch things for entertainment and they didn't dig it too deep like we're doing right now. You gotta imagine we've we got 50, 60 more years of no sorry, fifty more years of knowledge. This movie came out forty more years now, somewhere in there, right? So it's like we're we're seeing it and we're smarter than they were back then. We we know more science than then. We know we know some of this stuff really exists now today. So our thought process is way different than the fantasy they saw. The fantasy we see, this seems possible to us. To them it seemed like a, a complete fantasy. So they didn't. So they didn't really look at look at everything to learn all the fine details. Like we're old, so, but we're sitting watching the show, watching the show back, and we're looking at every detail because we care about the small details of the bigger story. So it's like I think it's a thing of the times more than it's just uh just them not doing not writing like they used to. Right. Well, storytelling is definitely approved since I'm not saying that the storytelling was bad back then, but it's just a different way on how we tell stories for our entertainment. Right. Yeah. yeah yeah that's true and and like we do touch on uh quite a bit here is that like you said paul we are we're watching this paying attention to it uh we're we're scrutinizing it a little bit more just for you know the sake of content on the the podcast so yeah. generally when i watch a show which isn't often i'm not just sitting there like you know combing over everything looking for something to to nitpick and to tear apart actually, and, it, actually and it's not that I any of this that, stuff dude. really I, I do that more than more often i watch the show and I'm such a, I'm such a like a movie nerd now. Like I happen to watch the background, I listen to the sound, I've been listening to dialogue, I happen to break stuff down like that. Just it's because it, that's my hobby and that's what I love to do. Right. Or like I'll, I'll see a cut of something of a scene. Thought, oh, that was a weird. I've never seen something done like that before. Like a, a scene I've seen search, search out way or whatever. So like right. that's kind of how my mind works though. So I even if I wasn't critiquing this as bad, I think the way my mind works, I look at all the details and aspects of everything just because that's the way i am 
Right. Yeah, I don't I don't get a whole lot of free time to watch a lot of shit. Like normally this Star Trek episode is about what that's the one thing I get to watch uh every week. But when I do get to look at stuff, it's I don't look at it like that. And then, you know, the things that we do make fun of here uh don't de- generally don't detract from my enjoyment of it. It's just stupid little shit that, you know, we yeah. we'd like to make fun of and, and it doesn't hurt it at all until we get the ending and it's about they use a creativity argument, and then I say, fuck this, I'm never watching an episode of Star Trek again, and this podcast is over with. Fuck this shit. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, next episode, season one, episode 22, Space Seed. A few ways that one could go. Oh, yeah, and it says, uh, actually, this is, listen, guys, this is the hypest I've ever been for an episode, ever. And I mean, I'm, Me I'm shaking right now because Kurt meets uh, the Earth Eugenics War. And for every con, I, everything I've heard about Star Trek, Star Trek uh, the two movie, The Wrath of Khan, is the best Star Trek thing ever made in history. And that's the number one thing everybody says. Wow, we're there already, huh? Yeah. Dude, Khan is one of those characters that transcend like pulp culture. Like most people knew who Khan is if you've never Just even from watched Shatner Star Trek. Shatner yelling Khan. <laughs> that's that's, yeah, that's so, my extent of knowledge on that. <laughs> I'm not sure if we're going to meet him here. Then we meet him a couple times throughout the show and then the movie comes out. I'm not sure when the movie, if they made the movie even after all the shows were over. The movies did not start coming out until the 80s. And this show okay, stopped so, running in like 69, I think. Yeah, so whatever happens this episode must be so deep that Khan just... 20 years later, coming back for the, for the guts. So I'm, I'm, I'm real but, excited. Wait, do you have the episode description for me? Me too. Can't wait. Yeah, literally it says, Kurt Meeks Khan, a leader of the Earth Eugenics War. That's all it says. Oh, okay. That was it. Okay. I thought that was your description. Yep. Shit. Okay. No, no, no. no. That, that's that's literally. <laughs> that's <laughs> okay. all the line it said. Yeah, it, 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 literally. Got it. Wow. They so go short like, on that one. Yeah. If I remember right, like, oh my gosh, I'm excited for this one. I don't want to ruin it because I know, I know a lot about this episode. From, from uh, I actually watched the movie. The Star Trek movies, the newer ones that came out, and Khan was the, they brought him back as one of the bad guys. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, Benedict, so should be a good ben, one. Ben, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch played him. Oh. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, that was a great movie, by the way. Also. Yep. So, I, so I know a little bit about the story already. So I'm excited to watch this episode. I just. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, with that, I think we're going to wrap it up for this one. Uh, as always, we're on Twitter at wwst underscore podcast. Gmail is wwstpod at gmail we are everywhere you can find your favorite podcasts, and if you like what we're doing here, please consider giving us a rating. You don't even have to comment on the rating or like a review, just, you know, rating anywhere between one to five stars is cool. If not, that's cool too. Uh, but with that, I'm just going to say thank you guys for, uh, I was going to say tuning in, but it's not a radio station, it's a podcast. So thank you guys for listening, and uh, we will catch you next time. Also, one thing, uh, if you guys do remember what episode that we mentioned the, the Star Trek Detective. I'm going to find it. Listen, be sure to hit us up on our Twitter. Let us know what, what <laughs> idea it is or whatever. Because I really would like to get the recognition for, for my greatness. Okay? And uh, thank you, people. And, uh, you know, we out of here. Later. Later. <laughs>